Taking a country is easy. Leading a country is difficult. If they believe that they are able to be a leader, a fair, and make a good government, they are wrong. We know that they are incapable of being socialized with humans being, and they are, in their own terms, being being isolated in caves for many years. They are they are not, but they are they are not being able, and also they are not willing to build a fair, good government. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. This is part two of my interview with one of my new favorite people, Asma Pygir. Asma, thanks for doing this again. Thank you for inviting me. So in part one, we talked so much about uh, all of the craziness that happened this fall and, and escaping from the Taliban and your family and all these things. And in part two, we decided we're going to talk about the future and where to go from here. So hopefully people remember from part one, you have a real interest in artificial intelligence. Can you talk to us a little bit about where that comes from? Yes, it's not been so long that I uh, myself being introduced to the artificial intelligence. It's, I think it was in 2019 when I joined the club of artificial intelligence in my former university and then the interest grow as I see the AI as a field of emerging in every aspects of the life. And to be honest, it's the future of the humans in the, all the industries that they are holding. So this is what interests me the most, learning artificial intelligence and then apply it to uh, my career of interest in finance. So, Yeah. Well, in, in the first episode, we got to talk a little bit about just your love for education and, and your mom and how important it was to her and, and just really how tough it was for her not being able to finish her degree. Can you talk a little bit more about how she transferred that passion to you and your sister and to her, to her, her children and family um, over the years growing up? Absolutely. Well, the first time, as you uh, know, the, the Taliban take the control of the, took the control of the Afghanistan. They closed the university and my mom was one semester away from her graduation from Persian literature. And unfortunately, due to the ongoing genocide of the Hazara people, she was forced to flee her home with her family and then ran away from, I mean, province to province of Afghanistan and then hide from one place to another. She never get a chance or opportunity to restart her education, even when the Taliban's gone. So to be honest and fair, the Taliban managed to steal her dreams. And then she married my dad. She was a fabulous woman and a great mom to her five children. But expect for for expect the part that you she'd never take a degree for these jobs. So yes, I think the passions are remaining here are so so fresh that she was so following that every woman needs to complete her educations and com- and manage to take their degree. Because she know that she know the value of the education for sure, and if she managed to graduate from a university, I'm sure that she would have made a different decision. She would have ended up living a different life, and this is the passions that she 
through the years that we grow up try to inspire us and try to transfer this passion to us that we it's like it's a mandatory in our family to complete our degree not just only for me and my sisters but also for my two brothers because my parents both are valuing the education and know that with education we can bring the different the changes that we want in our life and in the life of people that matters to us and in in maybe in a bigger pictures to the country or the homes that we value yeah you know my mom went to university and and it's funny all my growing up years there was a lot of this thought of like it's not if you're going to school it's where are you going to school <laughs> you know where are you going to go to university after high school yeah. and you know my my wife she comes from a long line of uh, unfortunately of very harsh abuse and and some some very negative bad things and she she says that growing up she didn't even the only people she knew who had been to university were her school teachers nobody in her neighborhoods none of her friends parents nobody had gone to school and so it was such a big thing when she was the first one you know when she was the first woman in her line to go to university you know it was it was a big thing and she she has talked not just to our sons but to our daughters a lot about it and it's mm-hmm. funny over this christmas break we've been talking a ton to my 17-year-old daughter and my wife's taken such a active role like she had my my our oldest daughter started taking university classes in high school and and right now we're at that decision point where she's thinking about not taking grade 12 in high school and just going straight to university in the fall and it's interesting as i see all of her friends and the differences in the differences in the kids who you can tell are going to go to university versus the kids who don't and so much of it is about personal choice don't you feel like i don't know i actually am interested it seems to me like we can become the people that we choose to become if we're willing to pay the price to to learn those things do you feel differently or do you see it similarly absolutely like any choices that we make in our this life we pay a cost for it and sometimes we paying the cost for things that even we didn't choose so it it, it is like this so honestly we didn't even choose the government of the Taliban but it it happened it, it took the control of the country and we couldn't stop them for beyond our control and they aren't they didn't just take the government they took the hope from the for my generation the hope for a free freedom of the choices that they could make and now they couldn't under their strict laws that they are imposing on the people so they are paying a higher price for for the choice that they never make and this is like a huge restrictions over personal freedom and personal independence that any individual or virtue by this by the birth and they it's it's been tough but yes Well, and and I guess my comments only apply now that you're here in the states. Now that you mm-hmm. are somewhere where you have that choice, right? Well, what are you going to say about that? I'm so fortunate and I'm so lucky that I'm now in a safe place in United States and I have been given the chance. I'm I'm doing my part to the best of my level, honestly, but it's it's been a tough circumstances that I am in and I'm making my choices and I'm paying uh, the prices with 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 more than what it costs in terms of money but in terms of the emotional and other 
sources whether i'm gonna be successful in getting into the university or not is upon the admission offices of the universities whether they see me as a qualified candidate for their university or not is their part of the story but it's my choice and i'm standing and i'm fighting for it is one of the main reasons why i left afghanistan to complete my education and to be become that the version of the independent woman that i always dreamed and if i get my educations i will win the tall one but if i couldn't manage to graduate or couldn't get into the university i'm sure the tall one win so far they are the winner unfortunately well i'm i'm pretty confident you're going to win here you know and i think it's just because you know now that you know now that you've got the freedom to keep mm-hmm. trying you know and you've got people like al and and others in your life i'm i'm really excited because that like fighting spirit you've got uh see you you feel like a really good bet for me i'd be willing to pay i'd be willing to gamble that you make this tell me again when you think about applications for artificial intelligence because to me i i feel like i don't understand it very well when you think about the applications of artificial intelligence that are magnetic to you that you want to study that you want to learn that you want to write what are what are some of the ways it applies or what are what are parts about it that are fascinating to you in terms of the college applications so far unfortunately i couldn't manage to find a degree in artificial intelligence in universities of my interest except one of them that offer a degree and the rest are offering research area in artificial intelligence plus online courses so my plan is to get into computer school of computer science or computer science program and then continue taking artificial courses and doing research on it and artificial the second part artificial intelligence has a broad applications over all aspects of the life and it 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 can be applied to healthcare system it can be applied to educational system the system that i'm most interested in is finance and why i'm interested is because if i can manage to study artificial intelligence i will be able to do blab a, a, a software that's that's being controlled and being uh, programmed with ai empowered by by the artificial intelligence and then replace that system in the in the current system of the afghanistan financial system Well, I'm positive here because I believe the Taliban will no longer stay there. Like it's been, they're gonna be there for a few, a while, short, short time, but they're gonna not stay there in the long term. When I complete my educations, I will replace this on the Afghanistan system, because uh, the current system is called the part of it called Hawala, and it's 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 widely like being used by the people and what this problem what this system is creating is many problems including the money laundering human and drug trafficking terrorism and corruption and it's not taxable because how all a system is based on trust so it's it's the nature of it's it's private it's between the customer the client and then the provider or the guy in the in the system So this system makes it very easy for the Taliban and other terrorist groups or other bad people to to manage their monetary system very well. So if they breach without, if they can transfer their money without any problems, their businesses, or illegal businesses, is growing and they can 
take more control and more power and this is why they when this is one of the parts that i believe that they they managed to gain all control of the government and now if we transfer now if i manage to transfer this system with a, a digital software system it's it's good because it's audible it's taxable it's more accessible to the people who need it and more importantly illegal businesses cannot can no longer use the system because the system gives everyone's a bright view of oh, what's being legal or what's not being legal so this is my my plan and why i'm so interested in artificial intelligence and beside i am really interested and i feel i'm very skilled in computational finance and that's why my i like my career to i like to gabalt my career yeah so my understanding is like the way that al-qaeda or some of the terrorist groups have used the hawala network is it's more like they're not they're not wiring money to each other it's like this guy has a bunch of money in his closet that yeah. guy has a bunch of money in his closet yeah. and there's enough trust between them yeah. that they say hey listen I've got money for you at my place. Give those guys, give those guys money out of your yeah. closet and I'll get you, you know, we'll settle up later or some other way. Yeah. And, and it's kind of a much more ancient form of money transfer, if I understand it, it right? It's existed since 8th century in Afghanistan and it's, it's been so far. It's funny that we never came up with an, a better idea or that you couldn't manage to build a better system. And this is why our country is being manipulated by these terrorists and they are taking control very easily because the, the network of money or the system, the fin financial system works in Afghanistan, give them the availability and, and, and this access to transfer the money yeah. and do their bad works. Or well, and, and my understanding is, and correct me if you know better than this, but my understanding is that like when you look at people in the, you know, in governments in the rest of the world who have been trying to stop terrorism, even though money changes hands because of Hawala networks, they're able to spot, like, because so much of the rest of the digital, uh, because so much of the rest of the monetary system is digital, they're able to see holes of like, hey, that's too much money. It came from somewhere. And like, even though, you know, Al-Qaeda or ISIS or other folks are still moving money on the Hawala network, different, you know, Western, basically intelligence groups and people mm -hmm. can see anomalies in the digital system, even though some of that money isn't happening digitally. Is that yeah. your understanding? Uh, about the Western part or how the uh, intelligent network find the holes in the system Yeah, is uh, where I have limited uh, knowledge about it. But, sure. I, but I know that the corruption is basically all over the world so yes sometimes you find holes in even in a digital system if they have hands over the inside organization and but if we modernize it with artificial intelligence this is one of the benefits that it could create it can identify the holes in the system and fix the errors and it it's basically do not allow any individual to enter the system and manipulate the data in their favor or to transfer money digitally without being tracked down. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating to me, especially different parts of Africa, mm -hmm. where places that never had phone lines, mm -hmm. didn't have banks, they've skipped and they're, they've got these great fintech apps, digital apps on people's phones for, for being able to handle their money and 
And when they do get to a bank, deposit it and change money. And these farmers in Africa, like they're able to see what their crops would sell for in the city. And so they're not getting scammed when someone says, hey, let me buy your crops and take it to the city. They can't, they don't get lied to about what it's worth in the city because they can check on their phone and see what it's worth in the city. Yep. And, and they don't need so many middlemen who are taking profits from their farm because they can transact directly because of transfers they can do on their phones and things like this. Right. Yes. And, and, you know, you think about the way that the Taliban has been so harmful to so many women specifically mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. If women all over the country had control of their own money on their own phone yes. from fintech apps that you've you've helped, you know, make feel like an Afga Afghani app that they would actually want to use, right? And they they have that personal control over their money and their own power over their money. To me, that makes so much sense of being able to see like even the cash transactions or like even if Hawala still keeps going on, if so much else in the country is happening digitally, mm -hmm. now you can start to see those holes like one of the things in the intelligence world they'll say is like, hey, if they've got a guy who usually has his phone on all the time and they're tracking it from his phone mm -hmm. and all of a sudden his phone is off for a whole day, they know, oh, that's the day we need to find out where he was. Right? Yeah. And it's like even though they couldn't track him because it was off or even mm -hmm. so even though some money still got transferred in cash or in the Hawala network, they can go like, well, he just bought a really fancy car or he just bought a new house or he just bought a, where did that money come from? And now they have a lead to start looking, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, as far as you know, what are, what are some of the schools that you're most interested in? Like if you could get accepted into any school, what are some of the top schools in the country that would be on your most interested list? It's interesting. Very good question. Well, I, I applied to a university of Hull and I am in the process of sending my application to other universities like MIT, Columbia, Carnegie Mellon, Georgia Tech and the University of Texas and Stanford and these are the universities that I'm interested in and I, I I think I believe that they are offering the good system of education also the, the right degree that I'm interested in and I'm looking for and yes if I manage the time I might send my application to other universities I'm, I'm I mean, this is the tough part of being in the United States. There are plenty of good universities in this country, and the education system is fantastic and it's high quality. So I'm glad to be in any of these universities. Yeah. I, so I originally went to university to be an artist, and then I dropped out to be an entrepreneur. And through my entrepreneurial lesson, learning how to sell things and stuff, I ended up getting headhunted. I ended up getting... Uh, asked if I wanted to come have a job in finance. Mm -hmm. And I worked in mergers and acquisitions at Citigroup because they needed somebody to talk the business owners into selling their companies. And so that was my job, was talking to these CEOs to see if we they'd let us sell their company for them. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and later, uh, I really got into self-education and I'm, I'm a real audiobook nerd, but I've gone back and taken executive education classes. I got to go take courses at Harvard and Stanford so far. And it's something I think I want to do for the rest of my life is just keep going back and taking different executive education courses. And it's almost like learning can almost become like a high itself, can't it? Like it's it's so fun to make certain discoveries, I, I find. Do you, do you feel similarly or how do you feel about learning? Um, well, I think this is the universal versions. Oh, one is that we learn from the, um, 
the the classes that we take in or the universities that they offer. The other part is the environment that we are, and the third part is that the experiences that that we go through every day of our life. This the whole experience teaches a lot, and the fourth one is that you already explained it is the that we actively by ourselves searching for the meanings of the questions that we're looking for and that the whole this scenario is a adding value to our educations to our wisdom to our the whole scale of our knowledge so yes you're you're right we we ourselves can learn a lot yeah. So let's talk about your, your previous academic career. Tell me again where you went to university because I I kept saying the wrong country in our previous interview. Uh, Asian University for Women in Bangladesh. Okay. Yeah, and I said Madagascar instead of Bangladesh. That's right. Yes. Okay. So what was that like first leaving home? I mean, had you had you traveled outside of Afghanistan before leaving for university? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, it was my first time to go to travel by myself, alone in a different country, that they share different culture, different language, and far away from home. It was, it was interesting, it was exciting, and it was also kind of scary because you you don't know what's gonna happen. You you just wanna do your best. So when I reached Bangladesh, it's a very peaceful country. I find it very peaceful country, very good and friendly people. And the culture was diverse and it was good. And overall, except the weather, it was so hot. Other parts was fantastic. And then the university that I was in, we almost had students from 21 countries, all from overall South Asia and also from African countries. And we I think I learned a lot in that university, not just attending the classes, but the environment that I was in. As I told you, like I saw students from different countries, and I, before that, I my assumption was that we are being so deprived from education, from our rights in Afghanistan because of gender discrimination, because of all other stuff. Then I met other girls, other women from other countries, and they share their experience, through their experience, I learned that no matter where you're born, but you will be facing discrimination upon your gender and upon the society or the social restrictions that are, are active in, in the country you're born. And I've, I've kind of, it was depressing in a one, one way because you see that there is nowhere that you can go in and you'll be like being treated equally as you are as a human being and then uh, boy but on other part i see that we are now given a chance to learn and not just to emotionally react to the mistreatment that we receive from the the society we are in but also to legally and educationally to actively to do activities that right to raise awareness and also to narrow down this the gap, the gender gap that exists. And I learned that the, the power that we all women have together, like the unity that we, we could, like if we are united enough, we can bring changes to all this South Southeast Asia cultures. And this is what parts me inspired and what like, like, 
what kind of makes me so laughed at the university that I was in. Yeah. What were some of your favorite classes? It's a really, it's a really difficult question because I don't remember I took a class and I don't like it or didn't, didn't enjoy it. So any class was its own journey. It has some difficulties that is called assignments, but it also had a really bright part of it that we learned a lot. I took um, a class called Introduction to Environmental Science, and it's for the first time in my life that I became, um, like from education part of view, I, I see the climate changes and those environmentalists that they are coming up with the with the with the solutions to provide and to together we can save the earth and all other aspect and fantastic part in all the classes I take we discuss about the changes the impact and the influence that it has on women or how women can do it and in environmental sense I was feeling like environment changes environmental changes have like the same the same effect on all humans regardless of the agenda but no I came up upon um, many parts that they describe how when we polluted the oceans with the plastic and it ends up um, harming the women's pregnant women more than other women so and we studied about the village that their uh, basic source of food is uh, fish but because the lake is being polluted by plastic, now women on that village can no longer eat the fish. So it's being, it's being very depressing. But we also learn about the values and how the solutions we could create. And I took some classes about, about human rights and biopolitics. And all the classes I took were fantastic. You know, one of my, so I, I grew up a snowboarder in Canada, but then I married a California girl and I got to live by the beach and, and surf every day. And so I really noticed the garbage in the ocean, right? I just hate mm -hmm. that. And one of my favorite things for people making it cool to care about the ocean on YouTube, there's a couple of guys, one named Mark Rober, one named Mr. Beast. And they did this thing. It's called hashtag team seas, like S E A S. Mm -hmm. And they basically got these boats that go out and they've got like these paddles that just mm -hmm. gather, that just gather garbage, that gather, they just float along the ocean and gather up plastic and package it up. And I'm just excited to see when people actually take action and thinking of all that garbage that's not, you know, it's not in the lineup when you're surfing, it's not hurting the animals, it's not, you know, it's not just trash everywhere. We get to actually enjoy beautiful earth, right? Yes. For sure. Well, I'm, I'm interested. How long have you been in the... It's it's not too long. I came here since September. Yeah. So kind of end of September, October, November, yeah, December. Yeah, it's been four months. Yeah. It sounds like you, sounds like, you like the holidays in America. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're just, we're just here at the beginning of January. And before we got started, Asthma, I, I liked hearing about going to all the parties and that you, that you liked it. I'm, I'm interested what other kind of things... I'm wondering, like, because I grew up in a different country, you know, primarily in Canada, and I love the U.S. I think it's, if you're willing to take personal responsibility, it's like there's so many things that are open to you if you're willing to, like, try hard and not quit living here. Do you feel similarly, or what? what's it like being in America instead of just hearing about it from your sister who was here or the media? It's interesting. Before 
coming to United States, I thought that about the U United States and the press and all those freedoms and all. Basically, it's been that the images that people in here have have no trouble with their living, have a wonderful and decent life, and <laughs> have no problems in it. But it's not not long. But since I came here, I noticed that people in in United States is also struggling with their daily life. Sometimes the life is bring some unexpected damages, and they and. I, I see what inspires me about them is how how they follow up their life and they are not quitting. They're writing the, this is in their natures, and it's it's fantastic. But it's been different from what I expected to see in this country. But yes, it's for sure land of the opportunities. For sure, whoever try in this country will be able to to reach the high accomplishment. Yeah. You know, I think one of my favorite things that you said on the previous interview is, you know, I know certain soldiers who have felt like kind of the way the media has portrayed things like, hey, maybe it didn't matter that my friends got killed when we were there. And maybe it doesn't matter that I spent so much time away from my family. And, you know, maybe that was a waste of time. Maybe maybe that was of no use. And you're so passionate about saying, like, that was not a waste of time. I, I, how did you say that? Oh, well, to all the soldiers who served in, in my country, Afghanistan, and for all those families who lost their beloved one in a in a battle, in a war in Afghanistan, I want to tell them sincerely, it, it was never a waste. It doesn't matter how the media is generating. It's the, I came from that country, and I am pretty familiar with the, with the real concept and the that were present in the context of Afghanistan, it means a lot. Now you can see Afghanistan, there is no U.S. soldiers there, and you see the country is being collapsed. The people have not access to their basic rights, especially women are being deprived from all their all their rights as a being human. They are not even treated equally as a human. So you you yourself can reflect on this and see what you did was bringing a generation that was my generation hope, education, and stability that they can build their life, and it was it means a lot to us. It means a lot to me to my family. Yeah, that's so great. And I I guess for me I think about like the longer term, like just what you said on this episode, like. Yeah, there's a lot of money. If you get really good at AI, there's a lot of companies that will pay you a big salary and you can have a fancy car and a fancy house in America and you can have the American dream. And I, I, I really wish that for you. I really hope you get all of those fun, nice things. But I also love that like your big ambition is, and then I want to use this to help the women back in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. You think about, I think about what terrible things some of my friends, some of my closest friends went mm -hmm. through in Afghanistan and the heartache and the pain and 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 yes this is this is a terrible situation that's that's happened this fall with with the Taliban mm -hmm. there and the the pain that's going on currently today but another side of me has some hope i mean you i think you told me you felt like it was like 18 years of freedom or seven, 16 years of freedom what what did you say 20 years 20 years okay 20 years of freedom you think about 20 years of, yeah i guess 2001 to 2001 to 2021, right? You think about 20 years of freedom and your whole generation that that exists. Mm -hmm. And like, there's, 
you're not the only one that got out, right? You mm-hmm. think about how many from your generation, like if you do this, if you keep doing whatever it takes to go get your AI degree and you get involved in fintech and you get involved in these things and you try to bring those solutions and uh, over to the Afghan market and stuff, there's this whole generation of Afghans who care so much about a better Afghanistan. And, and there's, there are so many of you that got out and are going to have resources where you're at. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you think about the next hundred years of Afghanistan and the fact that there was 20 years of your generation getting to have freedom and seeing possibilities, you know, like to me, it makes it optimistic that yes, the Taliban might be in power right now, but a fact that a whole generation like you cares so much and is now doing things like going to get educated on artificial intelligence, like that type of skill set, that type of sophistication, that type of deep passion in you, just like your mother's passion for you to get an education. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, yes, she got robbed from that. You know, in in you in America, we always love using sports analogies, right? It's like in football, it's like the 99-yard line right before she got her degree that got taken from her. But mm. she still got to influence you. She still got to raise you to be this person that's as passionate as you are. You think about not only what do, you'll do with your life, but but the passion you'll pass on to your kids. And it, as hopeless as Afghanistan feels today, that makes me optimistic for all those people that I don't know about, but they're still our fellow brothers and sisters here on earth. In years to come, what, you know, that 20 year space gave the room for people like you to exist who can now impact the future of Afghanistan. Do you have any thoughts about Yes, I do. Those 20 years of freedom, that means a lot. And that's give the hopes and the stability that I grow and being educated, not just me, but my generations, the generation who born and grow up in those 20 years in a peace, peaceful country and peaceful environment. And one thing that, that my dad told me is, and I have this this message to the, to the Taliban and to whoever is listening to us, taking a country is easy. Leading a country is difficult. If they believe that they are able to be a leader, a fair, and make a good government, that they are wrong. We know that they are incapable of being socialized with humans being, and they are, in their own terms, being being isolated in caves for many years. They are they are not, but they are they are not being able, and also they are not willing to build a fair, a good government. So if they cannot satisfy and keep people and keep peace in Afghanistan, they eventually go away. Well, one way or other, maybe voluntarily leaving the country and going back to where they came from, or the, the, the people of the Afghanistan will deep, depower them, like taking them from the power that they are in. And building country is difficult this is the part that they never realize it they just feel that they need to take the control and that's it but you can see the people today are starving in afghanistan because the economic is collapsed the health system is being collapsed educational system is being closed so if they feel like the fair can can be a tool to governor to govern and to be in power and to manipulate people, it's wrong. It's not. It's no longer being an option. Maybe centuries ago it was, but not now. People are educated. People know their rights, and one way or other, they will. They will take their rights back. 
So I'm very optimistic about the future of Afghanistan, and it's it's in one way my sole duty to my to myself, to my family, and to my generation that are stuck in Afghanistan in this field of politics, battlefield of the politics, that we will build the country stronger, and we will make it better. We will clean it up from all the terrorism and all these genocides and all these massacres that's going on, it will eventually end. Well, I think one of the big reasons is because young women like you are brave enough to share your face and get on the media and talk about it and talk about the parts that a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people could be scared to talk about and worry about Mm -hmm. the repercussions and you being brave and you not quitting and all these kind of things are other reasons that make me optimistic of like, I don't think anybody is naive about how much work or how hard they'll be or, um, you know, that wouldn't be an easy thing, but, but you look at having Afghans care about Afghanistan and then pursuing a life like you're pursuing and gathering with other women like yourself and, and just all, all sorts of Afghans that want freedom back for how they're going to raise their children. And in the, in the long term, I've got to have faith that, that that's a pretty powerful force in the world. Yeah, it is. <laughs> We will. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully, we're going to get your sister on the show as well. Tell me about. Uh, tell me about your. Well, I'm not going to share so many things about her. I'm going to leave it to her, and I can tell you she is so much excited too. So Azda, I hope you and Azda can have your interview pretty soon. And she, she, you can ask. She has a lot to say. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm interested. Do you feel like I'm interested in what it was like for the two of you to grow up and to have a mother who was who is so, you know, committed to education and and to you girls having a great life and any strength that she was to you to have a strong sister like that for you to grow up and think about your own future? Oh, well, um, my mom and my dad is my my first and Based role model that I can have in my in my life, um, it it wasn't just inspiring. It was always gave us the concept and the values that we will have with the education that we will pursuing. On her term, it was giving it, giving it up or quitting was never on the table. So, I think that was the strict part that we have to go go ahead and accomplish and graduate from our universities or schools. And beside that is that the day by day, that the, the way that they rises is I never feel any kind of discrimination between me or my brothers at home. We're being equally treated, which is, I can guarantee you, that's not something that you can see, you can see or find in Afghanistan culture in those 20 past 20 years. But we were being treated equally, or in some parts I was being the best <laughs> among the uh, among the others. But apart uh, from that, is she was she was like a teacher that helped us to do our assignments, to follow up our studies, and then go on. And pre- taking a break was easier from my my teachers at the school, but taking a break from my mom was impossible. But the way that they rise us is this give us this concept of equality and then fighting for your rights and then pursuing whatever you want. 
and from very 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 early ages that I remember I was I was being given the freedom to make my own choices to make my own uh, decisions and it was never being influenced by my parents yes they were there they were always supported me they they gave me the concept and they inspire me if if I need it they will advise me on a course of actions but all the decision I made was it was my solo decisions so whenever the consequence was not my desired one I couldn't turn my face back or <laughs> complain about it or blame anyone else about it because by the end of the day it was me who made the decision it was me who did it so yes that that part was fantastic and because of that it kind of the way we grew up we we became uh, whoever who I am today we we were basically given the emotional power to uh, make very tough and crucial decisions in a very very difficult times yeah well maybe you can give me some parenting advice here so <laughs> my 17 year old who i think is going to is going to leave for college a year early after the semester um you know it's been 20 something years since i left the home any any advice for her as a young woman getting ready to take off to to college and be alone for the first time ah oh, wow there's a lot honestly but i'm sure uh, uh, first of all i'm so happy about her that she is growing up and she go, going to the university it's been such a nice experience that everyone has in this this in this life that going away from home experiencing new things one thing that i want to tell her and whoever's living for universities away from their parents it's life that they are making their decisions and any decision or choice they they make it comes either with the cost or whether with the consequences so if i could advise them i will always say that think twice before doing anything <laughs> <laughs> yes because sometimes we know something but we do it and say oh i wish i feel like i think about it twice and the other part is she can have a wonderful time and they can make she can be able to make or make herself to be who she wants it to be so it's been a way way different experience and what else yes take caution for sure <laughs> and don't trust people in the first sight I'm sorry to tell you this. It's it's something we all need to tell one another as a young ladies, young women who no matter where we are in in any country, any anything can be expected. I'm not saying to say that we women are like being as kind of vulnerable, but but caution is always good. I, I was I would I will advise this for all women. Yes, that's great. Well, listen, I've enjoyed. Obviously, I absolutely loved our previous session. This has been really fun. We've covered a lot of different subjects. As we're kind of winding down here, are there any other things that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? I think we pretty cover everything. You know, something that's interesting for me is I'm such a reader. I'm interested. Do you have any favorite books? Yes, not one. I have a couple of favorite books. I will start with a novel that I love the, the best uh, and I read most of the time is the Alchemist. Oh, by Paulo Coelho. Yes, I love yeah. that book. That is my favorite book because it's it's been an inspiring book for me, 
and I'm, I'm sure that whoever reads it know the values that this box given to us and the con and then the inspiration that it brings to our daily life and I like some leadership and personal growth books like emotional intelligence the magic of thinking big the crucial conversation and the seven habits of highly effective people Ah, those are great. You know, I just finished Will Smith's new book and he, he talks about the, the alchemist is his favorite book as well. And he feels like that's part of the ways he became the biggest movie star in the world is trying to pull principles from that book. Yeah. That's really a fantastic book. And those, those other ones are great too. I feel like I don't Mm -hmm. always do as good a job of living them as well as I would like. So I need to reread them to try to program myself to live them (laughs) better. Yes, I think it's, it's similar. Me too. Yeah, especially emotional intelligence. That That's the Daniel Goleman, right? You know, I thought I knew what that was all about. And because I'd heard people say the word so often, but actually reading the book a few times, really, I don't know, it really deepened for me, those concepts of that he teaches about, you know, reading other people's emotions, reading our own emotions and, mm-hmm. and choosing our actions more so than just reacting and some of the things that you've talked about in this very episode. Yeah. I love it. Well, listen, this is so great. As I talked about on our first episode, I'm going to be working with Al and we're going to work on trying to raise some scholarship money for you. So hopefully anybody listening here that's interested in being part of that, please reach out to me, jess at graystokemedia.com. And that's G-R-A-Y-S-T-O-K-E media.com. And I'm, I'm so excited that people like you exist. It makes me excited for the future of this world and, and optimistic. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and for doing this interview. Thank you. You bet. Bye now.